guess i'm a passenger too though and with that aren't we all <laughs> welcome to the dissect podcast um thank you for tuning in i'm here with mark dwight i'm michael blevins we have some guests with us today um first returning guest a uh, mr josh tyler is joining us so thank you for being here again I'm glad to be back yeah I think he's gonna be a regular figure one of these days one of these days well exactly i think the episode the episode has to be actually put out before it could be regular. I don't think the people know yet. <laughs> no, they don't. Actually they actually don't. It, it, uh, that's that's well, you, up next. Are you saying in I mean, order to be a regular guest, we have to have a regular podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so this is uh, different. It says right up there, oh. recorded weekly, usually. usually. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we have kind of a different episode this time. Uh, we're joined by Wes Taylor and Cammie Taylor. Awesome. And this is uh, this is kind of cool because I never saw this coming. Um, I'll kind of introduce the idea, and then we have some questions. <laughs> so I got uh, our friend Josh um, reached out a couple months ago and was like, "Hey, I've got this guy, and he he trains war horses or mustangs." And I was like, "I know nothing about horses, so whatever." Like. He's like, well, you want to go down and ride some horses. And to be honest, not really, because I'm really <laughs> allergic to horses. <laughs> but how he explained it is like, no, no, it's like this old way that they used to break horses and, and train them. And it's not this domesticated weird animal that takes you on a loop. It's this different experience where the horses, you have to integrate with them. You have to like connect with them. And so you're building a relationship with the horse before you go do this thing. And after he explained it, I was kind of interested. And I say kind of because I'm still allergic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we didn't end up making it to the first trip that they went down. Something came up. But then you guys were kind enough to organize a second trip. And so four of us went down last weekend and had this experience. And holy shit. Man, good th time. That was uh, crazy. And so uh, first of all, I, I mean, tell us a little bit how you got into horses. Man, it, the, 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 the short story really is is that i didn't i didn't really know what to get into i was kind of spun out in life i I found myself at at 40 years old just completely freaking lost and uh I, I'd, I'd lost my business I'd, I'd lost all my tangible uh pieces of life and i was like well, what the hell am i gonna do now ah obviously horses yeah for <laughs> sure like that's it's, that's it's the, the first thing you go to yeah that's the, the logical option. progression is it too much to back up and tell like because you gave us kind of a, a life story thing. Do you mind retelling that? Or I mean, if it's too personal, it's too no, personal. No, no, it's all good. I'm, I'm, man, my life's been a, a, a great learning journey. So, I mean, I like talking about it. It helps me be okay with it. It helps me get through it or, or helps me to just be okay that, yeah, life isn't always what you first defined it to be. And uh, so, gosh, I mean, before I was into horses, I mean, I was a, a an IT professional or meaning I was a, uh, information technology contractor so I was like putting in fiber optic lines into towns and, and hooking up you know hotels and apartment buildings and colleges to the internet and wi-fi and, and 
crazy stuff like that. So you were connecting people so that they could be disconnected. There you the go. The ah, there you go. <laughs> this Wait, is your fault. I, before you, you beat me to it, Josh. Uh, <laughs> what did Josh say? Oh, I just said this is all your fault. Right. Uh, right. We're in the state that we're in right, right. now. Right. We, we got everybody connected so we can now uh, be disconnected. Mm. So we just sure. stay home and pretend to connect. Mm. You know, I, I can remember back, guys, and this is, you know, before the internet was the thing. And I was uh, working for a telephone company, a major phone company, and you know, we were getting these service orders to go out and, and hook up these dial-up data lines at people's homes, right? And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. that. And then me and my me and my uh, uh, technician guy that were working together were like. I don't know if this internet thing's gonna stick. You know, <laughs> These idiots. I'm serious. <laughs> what a bunch of suckers. Oh, yeah. Serious. Yeah. Like the local internet companies at that time were, you know, dial up was it, and and so yeah. like an internet company might be able to have, you know, 24, 48, or 96 people online at any given moment because that's all the dial up lines that they had, yeah. and so it's kind of weird. We were behind the scenes going. Well, they can only have 96 people connected at a time, but they're selling this service to the whole dang town, and so it's kind of from the technology mm. side, it was. I was like, I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah. Fractional and, banking. And, yeah. And you have to have a CD that you get in the mail that you put into your computer. <laughs> to load on. To load on. <laughs> yeah, so I was that guy. That, that was me all the way through that, that time period. And uh, yeah, you know, training wild horses was just like the next easiest thing to do after being the phone guy and the internet guy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. So it makes total totally, sense. Oh, no, I, I I really got totally uh, burnt out on it. I I'd created a... a in, in my view, my eyes, you know, a, a decently successful business in what I was doing and, and kind of had, you know, had all the boxes checked, so to speak on my list of things to do in life to be happy. You know, I, I checked the box. You, you get the, the, the too big of a house in the neighborhood that is too big and you have too many cars that can't all fit in your garages and too many toys. And, you know, I just had all of those check boxes and I was like, right on life should be great. I've made it. I've, I've got it. I've arrived. Woo! But then I would lay in my bed at night in that house and my eyeballs would just freaking bounce around inside my skull and I just couldn't turn it off. I just couldn't, there was just zero quiet. And so I was just kind of constantly going from just just crazy to crazy to crazy. But well, you couldn't sleep because you didn't have the new side-by-side. -side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, outdated for sure. by one season. For sure, yeah. absolutely. Or, or that, you know, this... <laughs> This other thing was happening, and, and I just had to be a part of it somehow because that's what would look good, right? And that would, and and I just was honestly, I mean, I was just, I was just down that road. And I mean, I, I look back on it, and I'm kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, geez, what a what a knucklehead, man. That guy's a jerk. But that's what we're fed. I mean, that is the the template that we we've kind of been conditioned to follow is to do all these things and check the boxes literally, and then you've arrived, you've done it. Yeah, congratulations. You know, so I, I mean, you, I, it's hard to beat yourself up for that. I, it's actually really good you were able to break through and see. And of course, that was a. Uh, a forcible breakthrough. I was going to say that well, was yeah. done for you or whatever it sounds like, but I, it, it's, it's shocking. I mean, I think that was an, whatever happened, like your eyeballs hit the inside of your skull a little bit too hard at one point or whatever. But just think of all the people who are still there. Still. <laughs> I know. That to me is a trick. Not that, you know, you were there and you found a different idea, but, I think uh, um, you can look around and see, like, you can go anywhere and you know people happening. are in that place. They're still in that place. 
it's it's yeah it's 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 happening and it's i mean it's all around in a sense and it it becomes a very unreal reality that that we create for ourselves and then it's a it's an auto feeding environment that yeah. it's just it just keeps cranking well, and, and you stay in it there's just mm. it doesn't spin you out you just it just keeps it's very going. much the the matrix analogy you know and very few people are able to unplug from that you know not as the you know obviously that's an extreme example but i think there's some some truth to what you know what what the movies were trying to showcase and how most people go about about their yeah. lives and we think about unplugging is this you know massive enlightenment that mm -hmm. you know now all of a sudden you transcend everything and it's like uh, maybe it's not that maybe unplugging is just realizing hey there's more to life than all doing these things I, I wish i would have i wish i could take credit and say i could recognize that in myself and i took some time to really slow down and identify who i wanted to be and i was going to make some changes i wish i was that guy that was like yeah i, I grabbed a hold of that beast and i choked it down right <laughs> No, no, that's not how it went down. I was, I was so far in that, that vortex and it was just happening and going. I was super unhappy mm. on the inside, but obviously from the outside, right? It looked like everything was going on, right? I had everything, all the check boxes marked, but I was so unhappy. And I, in my business, I created this business that became the freaking monster. And then this monster now owned me and controlled me every living minute of the day. And I was like, I didn't create a business. I, I just got bought. I just got taken over. And now I'm the puppet that this this thing manipulates every moment of the day. I mean, I don't know if it's, I believe it's possible to have PTSD to a phone ringing. Because if my phone rings today, my heart still gets a little <laughs> shot of adrenaline. Because my phone rings so dang much. It was such, I mean, I had, nothing could operate without me. It, that, and that's how I created it. Yeah. Hmm. So I became very dependent on the problem. And that kept me very much in it constantly. Because I didn't, I didn't let any leadership go to anybody else. I didn't let anybody else do any problem solving. Or I didn't, I wouldn't let them risk or handle anything. So I was touching everything. And it just... I mean, it got to a point. I mean, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "I'm, I'm done. I'm so sick of my business. I just, I, I hate my business. It's I also the I've facade created. of control, right? Like, I think that I'm controlling it, but in reality, that thing is controlling us because now we're reacting to life a certain way. Absolutely. I'm not wanting to wake up to deal with it, but I don't want anybody else to deal with it because that's the one thing that I can control. Yeah. I can't even control my reaction to my phone ringing. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what had happened. We'd, be, we'd like go on a little family vacation, a road trip or something for like a two or three day weekend and, you know, we'd get two thirds of the way there and I'd get that phone call that something happened, you know, back that needed to be taken care of. I'd ditch my wife and kids at a hotel or something, mm -hmm. turn around and drive six hours, go back, handle the thing, mm -hmm. turn around, drive back, pick them back up, and then act like I was back on vacation again. You know, what, what a ripoff. What, mm. what a, you know, wow. looking back on that now, yeah. I'm like, what a, what a, what a, what were the priorities? Yeah. yeah. Oh my, it, it, it seems so obvious now sitting here, but you know, sitting there at the time, the it, priority was the business and, 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 and you're making those gears move. This thing's got to yeah. churn. This mm. thing's got to make things happen. And if you've made yourself sort of the, 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 the keystone <sighs> um, in it, you couldn't, when that phone call came, call someone else and say, please handle this because I am on vacation. No. Yeah. yeah. No. 
Uh, yeah, so I'm looking we, at Michael right now, and I'm thinking, uh, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no one else can do what we do. Oh, yeah. gosh. It's, a, it's, it's fake control. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it imploded. I mean, uh, it, it it just it imploded because mentally I wasn't in the right place to keep that beast going. And so, uh, you know, the timing lined up with the, the financial issues that we all felt in 08, 09, mm-hmm. the financial uh, marketplace, you know, falling apart and. I was right in the middle of that, and so I, I just kind of got swept up with with all of that. So I'd like to say I kind of I could foresee it, and I and I took control and handled it. But no, I was head down in the rut, couldn't see anything because all I had was just tunnel vision. And uh, so we got we got a good cleansing. We got a super good cleansing in 08 and 09. <laughs> and then horses. And then of so course, the, yeah. yeah the, like the the idea. And this is kind of a funny thing because we do have this perception and I would defend it like life is better than it's ever been, at least for humans. Other species, oh. probably not so much. Yeah. yeah. For humans, yeah, there's less violence. There's less, you know, we live better than kings did in the Middle Ages, yeah. like less disease, more food, more access to healthcare experiences, whatever you want to, to rank it. Yet people are more unhappy than they have ever been in history. And some of it might be like, well, we've never tracked happiness and it's a really hard metric, but it was really tough to track happiness among the serfs, (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't actually because we do have caste systems today and they find that in a caste system, people are more fulfilled, generally speaking, than they are without. And what that says is that when your expectations are set and you reach them, that's fulfillment. But when you always think you can level up, when there's always a better, then there's never a good enough. And then you are exceedingly unhappy and unfulfilled, which is the toys race. Oh, my friend got that new Bayliner boat. I'm going to go get the, you know, the new... The other whatever. brand. Yeah, the, other get the XT yeah. version. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 the XT with the speakers and the... the <laughs> glitter paint or whatever <laughs> there, yeah. there's always whatever makes thing. a boat more expensive i don't know they all float right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not all of them <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> um there's this idea and like so i gotta give a, a shout out to russ green because he wrote an article kind of about this premise it was kind of profound it's like add up all the things that we're now required to do in order to support this supposedly better life and it's like work 40 hours a week yeah right who only works right, 40 hours be a week, sweet. right? And most jobs, say, right. Just, yeah. Most huh. jobs now, even if it lets us say you're a salary person, like that's some sort of lucky thing. Now, when you go home, you're expected to answer calls and emails. It used to be, if I have a salary job, once I'm home, I'm home. I don't deal with business. In fact, there was like that. Why are you calling me home deal? That was, you would get that voice, but now it's just, you have to respond to text. You were never off the line. You're now always working. So there is no such thing as a 40-hour week, and you're not getting paid for it, right? right? So the, And then we take, all, so we take all of this, and we compare that to what it takes to actually survive as a human being in the wild, and you're like, most hunter-gatherers, not to say that that's the lifestyle, but when compared to like what it takes to actually live, they work about two to three hours a day to live, and then they're actually living. We work 60 to 70 hours a week to then vacation when what you're describing isn't even vacationing now so no. we build up this big thing but if you do the math we're actually so far behind what we should be which is 
living and experiencing life, not from inside a cubicle. And the monsters that we are working in order to feed are of our own creation. Bingo. Mm. Yeah. And then we just keep creating more of them. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> yeah. It's a right. vicious cycle. As a, yeah, it's an horrible. I can't it's wait for it to just itself, eat me. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Just, please, can I just, become part of the food me. chain and yeah. just like be done here? Know that I did some good to some and, and this wild is why I think animal hard, somewhere. Hard resets, involuntary hard resets, I, in yeah. my experience, have always been the best ones. You know, people, you want to say, and this is my argument, because we talked about this a little bit on the trip. We're mm -hmm. huddled up around fire freezing. <laughs> but we're, we're really talking about um, this idea of involuntary and voluntary suffering about like oh well you know voluntary suffering is good involuntary suffering is bad that's war that's you know disease i don't know man i i think involuntary suffering is good that's the way i would describe mm -hmm. kind of how or what happened because i wasn't mentally strong enough nor did i have the mm. the knowledge set to say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take a few years and, and reset my life i'm kind of off course yeah that conversation that didn't come up. So it, it, it took that involuntary reset of like, let's wipe you back down to zero, dude. Let's, let's start you out at, at 40 years old with no freaking clue of what you're going to do. Let, let's start there. And did you take a huge economic hit? Like oh, the, man. the work went away oh. and the, the big, the two big house, everything. I mean, it, the two, it, it two big, big houses, house. <laughs> it, it come down, it come down to, you know, I had a contract renegotiation that was set to happen at the end of September and this Whoa. is in 09. Mm. And I had somehow kind of made it through 08. And a lot of my other buddies and other people that I knew were, were really getting wadded up through 08. And I was kind of thinking, man, I got this one contract. And it was, it was a real lucrative contract. It was paying real well. And I was like, man, if this can just refund, if I, if, if I can just renew this in September, ooh, we're going to make it. You know, we're still, still squeaking by, we but we're going to make we it. Might. Okay. And, yeah, come down to that uh, renegotiation and uh, starting about September 1st, I could feel the lug nuts coming loose on the deal. And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know now. Whereas before that, I was like, it has to. And then yeah. I'm in the space of, I don't know. It's not gonna. And then right after, <laughs> and then right after I don't know, it was, ah, shit. It, it ain't. It's not. Mm. I can feel it. I can feel it's not. And I could feel it because I could put myself in in my partner's positions and I'm well, not partners, but just the people I was contracting with that everybody was cutting the fat. Yeah. We got to lean, we got to lean things out. And I was looking at my portion of it and I was like, I'm going to get leaned out. I'm fat. I'm out. I'm I, am the, I am the fat. I'm the fat, I'm the fat guy. It's, I am I'm not necessary. Yeah. Yep. And so, and, and sure enough, that's, that's exactly how it went down. And, and I just wasn't prepared. I wasn't balanced. I was way, way over in the credit side of things. I, I wasn't working off of a stable uh, income of my own or, or different revenue streams. It was all one place. And so when it went, Leveraged. I mean, it, it went and it happened. And then, you know, six, nine months later, as we was going through that, I kind of, uh, my, my lovely wife was still kind of thinking like, man, this, we might pull out of this. But in my mind, in the background, I was like, oh, this plane is crashing, baby. <laughs> We're not going to touch and go. Mm. This plane is coming to the ground. And I might be able to land it in the river. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like that one but dude. None did. of us nope. can swim. Actually, yeah, it's like buckle up. This Actually, he hurt. landed, Sully landed the plane in the river the year after, I think in 2010 when that, <laughs> that happened. But anyway. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. 
anyway looking back on it now though absolutely i mean it was it was like a, a cornerstone a catalyst of my life that that set me into what i feel now is a much truer safer more joyful loving living path than than where i was before so looking back now i can be like hell yeah bring it on but boy at the time i was like oh, i don't yeah. even want to be on this planet no I, it's, I, yeah, it's if i can't have my kid, stuff yeah. i don't want to i i well, I, I lost my identity because yeah. I, had, I had identified myself with the truck that I drove, the house that I had, the neighborhood I was in, the uh, you know volunteer board of, of presidencies that I was on or volunteering at or, or the organizations that I was connected to. That, yeah. that all become my identity. And when that all went away, I, I was just standing there going, well... You took the mask off. Then who... Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it was scary. Yeah. It was really it was scary. I couldn't... I didn't know how to look authentically at life that way. I was just like, wow, everything I thought that I was is now gone. And, and it got gone and, and like, and, and yet I still am, but I'm still, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm right. I'm still, I'm like, I'm still here, but what am I? Well, and you, you, Who talk, am I? you talked about this West where you're like, well, man, if this could be taken away so easily, mm. how real right. was this? If something that can just be, yeah. you know, eradicated over the course of, you know, a few weeks or months, was this that reality? Was, well, then that, yeah, and that caused me to kind of sit back and look and go, well, then what the hell have I been doing for 25 years? Mm. Like, well, if this wasn't real, what have I been doing for 25 years? Because in my mind, right, I'm like, trying to provide for my family and, and, and have that good life for 25 years, right? And things have been progressing and, and increasing, <laughs> right? Income was increasing along with everything else. Hmm. But so when it all went away, it really it spun me. It really spun me because I was like, well, then that was all fake. Everything I've thought about life then is totally fake. At age 40. At, at 40. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, seriously, guys, I, 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 I stood there in the driveway as we were... You know, we had to move out of that house, right? You you can't live in in the the big house and in the big neighborhood when you're not playing with the big money, right? You, yeah. You don't get to live there anymore, right? They they kick you Wait, out. I thought once you earned it, <laughs> yeah, it was right. yours, right? I mean, I bought this house, but I bought I? it. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. Weird. My name is on a piece of paper that says that it's mine, right below the, the bank and the lien holder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was. Oh, it, it was fuck. a surreal moment, but it was it was the beginning of, of just the next chapter. I'm and, just going to get online and pay off my mortgage right now, <laughs> yeah, <do> yeah. <laughs> which I can do while we're sitting here with my <laughs> phone that you so hopefully. Oh, Thanks for the connectivity. <laughs> yeah, right. So then you like, how did you what was the, the period? Everything crashed. You have nothing like less than nothing. I had to borrow stuff to move. <laughs> right. What? what what do you have when you have to borrow a truck and a friend's horse trailer to move your stuff? And where? To? Yeah, where do you and move then where to? You gonna, and where do you go? Yeah, well, what like, do you do? And you know, it was there were some humbling moments there. It, I don't know. I mean, I'll share it just. To, that's got to be a tremendous hit to the ego too. I mean, especially for a you know someone who has been pro productive, someone who has been a provider, not only to the family but you know, providing work for other people to do and paying them a salary so they can provide yeah. for their families. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if you don't occupy that position anymore, and especially if you're standing in the driveway, like kind of spinning, um, I, I cannot sort of imagine the confrontation with self that that might. Uh, Here's, 
that that might result from that here's here was one of the most surreal moments that that my wife had called me i was away from home and she had called me and said hey the bank guy just called they said they're they're coming to get the escalade i'm like yeah we, we got some time baby it's i i hear you i know I know. Pull the spinners off it before you they know. take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Get the subwoofers out. Just, yeah. I'm like, okay, right. I understand you got that phone call. It doesn't mean right now. Um, and, and really, in my mind, I was like, there's no way I can make that payment. I mean, we made the last two payments on a credit card. This is now getting super stupid. Yeah. Like stupid was the first one, and yeah, now yeah, we've yeah. done it twice. It's like that. this is super Paying stupid. interest on top of interest. Well, this isn't going to work. We're not going anywhere. So I was... I was kind of trying to buy some time with my wife and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, okay. And, uh, don't worry about it. And then a little while later, like minutes, like 20, I get another phone call from her. She's like, the repo guy's in the driveway. And my heart freaking sunks. Like, oh, what does that feel like? Right. You're sitting in, you're sitting in your, your house. that's too big that you can't pay for. And then you've got, you've got, the repo guy, the wrecker truck parked in your driveway, blocking your vehicles in. And then he's knocking on your front door. Right. And in my mind is like, what are the neighbors thinking? Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's what drives it. What are, what are people thinking? And I'm driving and I'm still the ego. Like that's still the thing that you worry. It's not, Oh man, what am I going to do without transportation? Oh Oh, no. My nice thing that I worked so hard that I didn't really buy that I financed Mm. is gone. It's, what do people no, it's think the ego. of me? Yeah, the which ego. is the reason I bought this stupid fucking escalator. <laughs> was because, like, right? Because I want people to other think people's this. perception is more important than the utility. Yeah. So when that comes full circle, <sighs> when that comes full circle, there's there's a moment there of of yeah. reality of kind of like, whoa. Whoa! And so, anyway, she's she's on the phone now. He's he's knocking on the door. What do I do? And and you know, starting to get so kind I'd of give frantic. Him the keys, I guess. Right? It's, it's, yeah. I mean, right. But the attachment, yeah. right? And there's, we're still it's still raw. We're still mm-hmm. kind of in this. And and that was exactly it. I was just like, I, give him the keys, babe. I, I yeah. just I don't know. I can't I can't fix this. And for a man, yeah. and, right? Hard. We, we fix yeah. things. A, I mean, that's an existential kick in the nuts, right oh, there. Dude. In front of everybody. Yeah. Like in front of everybody. 2,200 pounds per square inch kicking the nuts. (laughs) By like a little schoolgirl. And then you just have to own it. Yeah. 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 In front of your friends, the the schoolgirl has just kicked you in the sack. Oh, wow. It was horrible. I mean, my mind spun and and it was just like, this is, this is unfixable. Like I can't even, I can't even fix this. This is already happening. And, and it was already done. I was like, I just give him the keys. and, And so here, you know, she gives him the keys and he opens the garage, backs it out of the garage, right right out in the neighborhood in front of everybody. You know, he backs it out, yeah. backs up his tow truck, beep, beep. Neighbors are, you know, peeking out the blinds. What's going on with the Taylors over there? Oh, shit. Looks like their stuff's getting gone, you know. What we heard, it's real. It's happening. Don't look. Oh, you know, and just. Yeah. And, try not uh, to feel, try not to make them feel more uncomfortable. Yeah. It was. Or it do was, if. It you was know, just a super You shitty. come at their property and uh, <laughs> you want to move into that house next. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, we had events like that just kind of roll on for about, you know, two, three months. Just uh, after the other. Just, it just kept happening and it kept happening. And then that's when, it, you know, it was just like, well, this plane's, we're down. We're, we're, we're down and lost in the wilderness. Let's just gather our supplies and, and where do we go build some shelter and where do we, where do we regroup and start to have a thought about, 
what might be next because we were just so spun in what was happening that it was just it's just it, i mean it's it's i don't know it's embarrassing but it's also just it was just stupid of how backed up it got and just how fast it happened yeah and how real it was and then how i mean honestly i, w- I was scared to death i mean i, I didn't want to talk to anybody mm. and i we, we like hid out in our house like close the blinds mm. don't answer the door we're not here. We just, we need to, we need to just evaporate. Like, I don't want to be seen because I just felt this weird judgment from everybody that was fake, right? That was just the ego doing its part, playing its game, doing what it does because of the way we had been, the way we had been living. So yeah, now all of a sudden it got to be this really horrible thing to be shamed by and hide from. Do you think the reflection of what you think other people look at you like was because that's what you looked at other people like in a similar situation? It it was the game, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was it. it. And I I remember, uh, I remember driving through our neighborhood before this all happened, and my wife's with me, and we're we're driving into town, and the neighbor kind of waves us down. And she comes over, and she's like, I don't even remember her name, but my wife's like, hi, so-and-so, and we're kind of visiting for a minute, and, and my mind's chewing. I'm like, we got to get to town, babe. Like, don't, you know, let's go. We're busy. We've got things to do. We're not going to sit and talk to the neighbors kind of a thing. And the neighbor's dog was lost. And oh, so no. the neighbor was just saying, hey, have you have you seen my dog? And the dog is lost. And But this is what my mind was doing on the side over there. My mind was going, I don't really care about your dog. You're mm. taking my time. I'm trying to get to town. I got things to do. Hmm. I remember that very clearly. And it was an authentic, real thought that happened in my brain. I, I mean, I'm, hmm. it's a horrible thought now that I couldn't even give somebody the time of day to be empathetic that they lost their dog. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's, where I, that, that's where I was mentally. And man, it was just... And all the stuff was just a reflection of that. It was all part right? of like that. Like all the toys that I buy are just a reflection that I'm self-involved, that, that I, I care, care about the we experience as opposed to the we experience where other people are involved with it. I remember, I, I just, I remember that feeling now and I just remember that. And now I've, I, I just, I, I anchored myself to that. It's like run that freaking guy over next time West. <laughs> yeah. When that guy shows up, <laughs> right? freaking run him over. Don't, don't let him speak up. Don't let him participate. Cause that's not real. Pull the car over, help look for the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> at least drive away and let your an- your yeah. eyes scan the neighborhood while you're driving away but yeah. I was like tunnel vision foot on the brake we're still in drive and I'm like but this and this is what we say about desperation is desperation changes people like you're not talking to the right person when you're talking to somebody who's desperate and we generally say because um, people think you know we have a nice society and I'm like no we're about 72 hours away from total chaos like you take water food and electricity away from people you got about 72 hours oh, before you it, start seeing it's, animals it's faster than that sure i'm because, being generous <laughs> okay and it and it's less than that mm. and you saw it like in the in the in the sort of week before y2k was going to happen right know, right you know back and everything was going to go go south or whatever and um we were living in boulder at the time and we pulled up to an intersection where the traffic lights were out and and nobody fucking knew what to do. It was total chaos. I'm like, we don't need the credit system, the banking, this thing. We just need the traffic signals to go out, and it will devolve into fucking war. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> like, it doesn't take it much. It doesn't take right? much. It's not 72 hours. It's just like, no, it's a power outage for like a little bit. 
<laughs> well, it, <laughs> with it really no is just yeah. it's it's any break in the system because we've come become so reliant yeah. on we find the comfort know, in the it. comforts that we the have right it's like we are wholly incapable of doing anything but what we do you know and therein lies the problem because we yeah. get trapped into this cycle this is all we know this is all i care about missing and not understanding yeah. that there are so many things beyond that and then it takes this cataclysmic event right. essentially to break us out of that and see oh hey whoa there's there's a lot of stuff out here it, it did it took it took a big a, it yeah. took that big of a hit for me to to like raise my my head up and my eyes up and look around and go wow there's more here than than my bank account and my job title that's hanging on my door yeah and yeah so so when you packed up the horse trailer <laughs> dude I mean, there were no the horses. horses in wait, the, there were no horses. <laughs> the borrowed horse trailer. The borrowed horse trailer. trailer. And the like, borrowed truck. And went. So where? yeah, where do you go? Uh, my my grandfather had passed away about uh, six nine months prior to this event happening. So his his little ranch house farmhouse was was now vacant, and the family wasn't quite clear on how that was going to work. So my dad and his sister ended up ownership of that farmhouse. And uh, man, I made a very humbling phone call. 40 years old to call my dad and be like I need somewhere I need somewhere to land I need some I need somewhere to regroup I need somewhere to replan I just I need somewhere safe I just I just need to take my family somewhere safe until wow. I can figure something out can I can I live in grandpa's house until you guys tell the family figures out what to do or, or what's going to happen or and by the way I don't have any money i'm not offering to pay you anything to live in the house i'm like saying can yeah. i live there like a squatter can i bring me and my three kids and my wife into this house and like not contribute but i think vocalizing that is a powerful thing Whew. like i I, th I wish more people would just vocalize the truth about an aspect i am squatting here therefore you treat it in a like you represent it accurately or, or like don't let me borrow this. Will you give this to me? Yeah. Because I won't give it I, back. I needed that gift. I needed that gift. I needed that to be given because I had nothing to offer tangibly yeah. or, or physically or financially. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I'll kind of maybe clean the place up or I'll do, you know, I'll mow the lawn, yeah. right? I'll, I'll, I'll mow the lawn and keep it looking like that. But I, I just, that's all I got. Because I was mm. so scared so scared of kind of money in a sense or i was just scared of getting back into business because i my brain knew all right you could go back and go do something you're you're not like incapable of earning a living you can go do mm -hmm. something but my mind just would not let me be with that but you also don't want to go like step down to a a, a different job like a job like you, i'm i was the leader i was the provider i was the guy that, and now i'm gonna be the one saying yes sir no sir three yeah. bags full it, or whatever that thing is and it even come action. down to that in a time it did it come down to that as part of part of the experience but i mean i we got in this little farm community and and you know people knew my family there my grandparents lived there and and so you know things were known but you know i just kind of put it out that hey me and my boys are open to just day work farm work ranch work yeah well if you've got something please let us know uh i mean we'll dig fence post holes we'll pick up rocks out of your field we'll, you know we'll we'll do those kind of things and i was just like freaking grocery money let's just let's just yeah. get enough that i can send cammy to the grocery store with 100 bucks and let's just do that and yeah. then we'll see after that and then we'll see after that and it 
and so that's where we started and i i mean i it it took me a full year being in that setting and just trying to find quietness i was just trying to find some peace i was just trying to find some safety in my mind and i i just i just sat there at that ranch house for a year and just did little trinkety things just to just get through the days but i was just trying to figure me out i was trying to figure out what am i going to do what do i want to do i mean i'm i'm i got a fresh slate what what do i want to do i know what i can do Mm. but what do i want to do that was a big decision a a clean slate is not a bad no gift there's 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 a price to pay for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're willing to receive it, that's the... <laughs> yeah. Or even if you're unwilling to receive it. I mean, yeah. it's, the price is still was, pretty pretty high, what, especially. Uh, the, uh, the climber, I forgot his name, that Boone ran into in, in Chamonix after all of his stuff got stolen out of his car. Oh, Rene Galini. Yeah, so this uh, friend of ours who was on the podcast told this story that's, that's very similar to where he's like... All his stuff gets stolen. He's pissed. He's, he's in the bar. He's but, just, he's, but he's so there. Are, he's he's a photographer, and and so there. If I recall correctly, it was in the car at the crag or whatever something on a on a job, and so computers, everything, everything gone. Mm-hmm. And Renee <laughs> said, "What a gift! What a gift! Now, now you nothing to worry about. <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything getting stolen because it's gone." And you're like, oh. Well, that's one way to look at it, but it really is like, it, uh, yeah, it sucks. I've had, I mean, when I, when I moved to San Diego, um, uh, for the first time, uh, I was working as like a freelance makeup artist, hairdresser, and I had some photography equipment. My car got stolen, which is my thing. That was my symbol of my identity. I spent years building cars and this one was it. I put everything into this one car. I mean, the paint job alone was six grand and I painted it myself. It was you. It was, it was yeah, all, yeah. All, it was hand built. Like I put the car together by hand. It was right hand drive, SR20 Japanese conversion from this old. It's like, it was my personality. It's what, what I lived for. You and are right hand drive. Totally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I come out and it's gone. And I was like, that had all my stuff in it to work. I couldn't even like pay my rent. I couldn't do anything. It was like everything gets taken just like that. And so I sat at my apartment for about an hour and I was just like, well, I guess I'm not living here anymore. <laughs> I guess I gotta go yeah, and, and So I went and talked to my landlord because I had a lease and I was like, hey, I need to get out of the lease. And like, well, you can't. And I was like, well, there's nothing really you can do because I don't have any money. So I can either be nice about this and we can like, I can, you can put it up right now and hopefully somebody will come take it over. And yeah. he looked at me, he's like, oh shit, you really don't have anything. It's like, no, everything's gone. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. So we figured it out, but it was like, I had power because I had nothing right. to lose anymore. <laughs> and so they found the car stripped in Chula Vista on the road, no wheels Boom. on it. And it was like, oh, yeah, no, everything's gone. Like, yeah. you know, $1,000 pairs of shears and, you know, $10,000 worth of makeup and just $5,000 worth of camera equipment. That, it was all paid for in cash because that's how I dealt. But I had nothing because I spent all my money moving out to that place. But what it did was like, do I really want to live here? I don't want to live here. This is a good time to not live here. Good change. So yeah, bing. <laughs> what, what, what's the saying? Uh, it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Yeah. 
Wow. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a real Chuck a, quote. Yeah, he provided a lot of insight in that one book. Man, so much. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's kind of crazy. So you're you're on a ranch now. So now we're getting closer to. We're, we're catching up. <laughs> we're getting. We're there. catching up. If so there's a ranch, there's we're, horses. We're, we, we go nearby from, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's funny because like ha- talk, having hearing this, uh, like I always, uh, I associate horses with money. Yeah. Mm. Sure. Which for like, yeah, for some I, I reason. I think you're right. I did too before. Yeah. You know, and now I don't. I, I It's like I associate, well, at least Mustangs, I associate with humility. Like that. that's nice. like my, nice. my one association is like, well you played. don't have to be rich. You have to be humble. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, you know, the, the Mustang's a great, it's just a great metaphorical example of kind of where I was and what to start with. And, uh, so after you know spending some time there to try to just kind of figure out what what am I going to do now? What do I want to do? And it and it definitely took some. I I, I just kind of refer to it as watching the grass grow. Time. I mean, I I literally just was like, <laughs> I'm just going to go watch the grass grow today because I'm so spun. I just don't know what. It, it took me a year to just unwind mm. for my mind to unravel from the 25 years of going for it to get happy. Let yeah. me just interject, Cami. You're a saint. Isn't she though? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She's just been dead quiet the whole time, but yeah. you need to at least accept some responsibility for putting up with this whole ordeal. Oh God. Yeah, I had tears and I spent time in the closet drinking wine. <laughs> Rose? <laughs> Whatever. Well, Mad, Mad Dog 2020, probably. <laughs> yeah. Boone's Farm kind of there wine. There was a yeah. lot of stuff in that closet from his grandpa, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so luckily, I mean, really, I mean, I I lost everything except my wife and kids, which means I kept everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but man, it took, you know, it, I was lucky. I, I was just super lucky that, that I was able to, that we were able to, to hold this thing together and, and keep, keep, keep us together and, uh, and get through that. So, No. Okay. She might have shared, but she's not. All right. Um, so anyway, I I decided that I wanted to do something with horses. I was like, I, I don't I don't care what I do. I just want to do something with horses. That just had been a just a seed inside of me. It's like you know, just I feel like there's a little cowboy inside of everybody, and there's that little cowboy inside of me that was like, yeah, dude, do something with horses. So, what so out in that community, were you like, were you seeing horses a lot yeah. and just watching, yeah, it's kind of a watching them eating the grass that you were watching grow? <laughs> yeah, in a sense, <laughs> <I> exactly. <guess>. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it really was. And I, I was just kind of drawn, it, it was just a kind of a message, just a thought that was like, there's something there. And uh, I ended up in a, a Cammy and I were, were really trying to figure ourselves out and we were taking a lot of like, you know, self-help, self-improvement, uh, you know, motivational type trainings we were just like trying to figure out how the hell this this chunk of meat between our ears works you know and and why Mm -hmm. do i do the way i do and why do i think the way i think and can we change things in a sense and so we were in this this guided meditation this group meditation and now mind you i'm still like kind of rough on the edges and i'm still like resistant to like change i'm still kind of spun but we're in this guided meditation there's there's like 100 people in this room and we're kind of sitting at the back, you know, and Cammie's got, kind of got me in there, and this guy's up front talking, and the quiet music's on, they turn the lights down, and, and this guy's sharing the power of meditation and talking about the value of this tool in, in life. And he's like, 
you know, you can accomplish as much in 10 minutes in the morning with focused meditation. You have to really get yourself clear and, and, and put intention into your day and really create what you want to in that day. I remember sitting at the back of the room and I was just like, dude, you think I got 10 minutes to sit around and watch the freaking paint dry in my house? I'm going like completely crazy in my head. There's no calming anything down. Holding still and thinking about nothing is going to do nothing for me. I was just like, this is just freaking hippies and butterfly stuff. I, I just, wow. I'm just, I don't know. Right. I just didn't know how to embrace that, but it happened. Something happened between the quiet music and his, you know, him guiding us through this meditation. And he was just kind of turning things off in my mind one at a time as he was talking. He's like, just relax and find your breathing. And I was like, oh, geez. Okay. Let me play the game. Okay. Fuck it. I can't get out of here. Right. I should, I, I, it's I, gonna I, be too weird if I get stay. up and leave. I can't <laughs> get up and leave. Yeah. It'll be really weird when I slam the door going out the back. Door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I'll stay. I'll play your game. And, and I close my eyes. And so I just start relaxing into it. And something super profound happened. And this was kind of like one of the first times I'd really felt any type of an intuitive or just a, a, a message that came to me. It was just, it was weird. It kind of startled me and it kind of surprised me. And I was like this, I just had this phrase in my mind. I didn't hear a voice. I didn't see pictures. It wasn't a movie or nothing. I just had this phrase in my mind that just said, the Mustangs have a journey for you if you're willing to follow. And the emphasis no was on follow. And I was like, and it was weird. It was like weird. I was like, I kind of looked around like, who the what? That 72 Mustang? I was like, this is how they fit. <laughs> Which Mustang are we talking about? Uh, yeah. So like, back, yeah. Nothing yeah. past 67. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. I, I was never a car guy at that age. <laughs> My mind was know. tripping. I was like, oh, this is how they sell you the next program. Right, they play these yeah. little voices that come out of the speakers you can't see, and right, and you think you're onto something, and so, they, but you got to sign up for the next package yeah. or something. Anyway, I grab a pen and I write Fucking that skeptic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the way. I write that phrase down. I write it down on a on a the back of our notebook. I just scribble it out, and then I'm like, all right, kind of look around, and nobody else is looking around. I'm like, maybe I didn't hear it. I don't know. Anyway, I wrote it down. Big breath, close my eyes, kind of start drifting back into it, and then another phrase comes into my mind that is the, the counterpart to that offer. So I, I heard the first one kind of as, a, as an offer. Okay. Hey, we'll offer you this. And in return for this, in, in turn for, for you to follow us, this is what you're going to do. And I was like, great, what, what am I going to do? What do you mean? And so the message I got was that I was to assist and provide the Mustangs in an honorable transition from wild to living with man. A, an honorable transition. And I was like, man, so I, I penciled that out. I wrote it down. <laughs> wrote it down Fuck. and yeah dude my mind is like sizzling dude. and i'm in a room with a hundred other like hippie butterflies and rainbow people that i'm not comfortable with they're pumping, I'm, I'm weirded out sounds like they're pumping gas into the room i'm with you because i'm like looking around and i'm like, i nudge cammy and I'm, I'm showing her the paper and i'm like what the, what does this mean what the hell is this I laugh. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're not, you're not serious. You're not going to be a horse trainer. We pay people to train our horses before when we lived in the big house. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I don't know what this means. You tell me what it means. I just, I wrote it down. I'm here yeah. in the class with with you and your friends. You tell me what it means. Do I do I go ask the guy up front, right? Because <laughs> the guy at the front of the room. I don't know what to do. Anyway, we take that, uh, take that, and, and just go home. And I'm chewing on that, and it just won't leave my mind. And I'm like, what is this? 
Anyway, I find out there's a, a BLM adoption center where you can go adopt a wild horse. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's my answer. No, and they're, it's only 125. Yeah, they're only 125 bucks, and you it's a deal. I started doing this research, right? And I'm like, 125 bucks for a horse? That's okay. You only got to pick up how many rocks? Right, right. right like, <laughs> yeah, that's like that's only like 40 rocks. Man. That, that's only like a 20 acre parcel of ground, right? You got to yeah. clear, and you, yeah. you can get some money. Anyway, we go to the BLM, and I'm looking at these horses, and they're all in these big pens, right? They've been gathered out, out of the wild. The BLM will gather them. And they put them in a, facility, in a holding mm-hmm. facility. They're in these big corrals, like, you know, 100 or so in a corral at a time. And I stand there looking at these horses, and I'm just seeing myself out there just as lost as those horses. Those horses are, you know, off of their native range. They're yeah. in this facility. They're there. They, they're just like, okay, here we are. We have no idea what we're going to do. And I'm standing on the sidelines going, I have no freaking idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> and so then if you're in the horse business, right, everybody, anybody that knows anything about horses is going to chuckle at this, that the greenest guy or the guy that knows the least about horses, the most unsound decision to make is to go get a wild horse. That's like oh yeah, bad medicine. That's yeah. like not a good Don't fit. get a horse. And for sure, if you get a horse, don't get a don't, fucking don't, wild Don't go get a wild one. <laughs> Start with like a mini burrow or that whatever those things are. Like <laughs> those tiny goat. donkeys. Or, yeah, goat. Sven. That's <laughs> where logic comes in. That's, yeah. that's what a normal person would have thought. But I'm standing on the sidelines just going, hey, this is, this is my message. This yeah, is yeah, what like, that meant. You're like, shut up, logic. I went yeah. to a meditation. Logic, yeah, I, did that. <laughs> I heard a message. I got a message through meditation. You're not, don't mess with me. We're going to do this. So, yeah, I adopted two wild horses and brought them home. And, man, that was the beginning of the craziest, life-threatening, dramatic, intense, adrenaline-packed craziness because I just had no clue how to communicate. I had no clue how to be around this horse. So you didn't, like, you got the message. <laughs> got the message, got the horse. Got the horse. So no sort of, you didn't speak horse. No. At all. No. Had no idea. Dude, here's, <laughs> holy fuck. Here's, here's, uh, here's what about I, jumping in. I, I mean, I'm just thought, like enormous well, responsibility. I was afraid to get a fucking dog recently. Right. Like, <laughs> And you'd had you'd owned dogs before, yeah. Or here's, I'd been. A, yeah. I mean, th- vice versa. Yeah, they yeah. owned you. Here's here's gotcha. what I knew about horses: is is that you would take green stuff out of your pocket, go to the feed store, you'd buy green stuff from the feed store, you'd yep. take that green stuff home and put it in the front end of your horse, and, and the it, horse would process it and put green stuff out the back end. Okay, and then you scoop that up and put it in the trash. Okay, that's my knowledge on horses. Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> And so that was like the beginning of a world to me of discovery of, wow, here's, here's this, you know, thousand pound animal in this corral. And if I flinch too fast, she's going to like run through a six foot still gate fence to get out of here. How do we communicate? How do we, how do we, what do we do? So now you're not watching the grass grow. You're just right. you're I got sitting, you're, you're watching like, okay, how does... I've got a teeny bit of purpose now. I've got, I've, got, I've, I've got a little bit of something. I don't know what it is, but there's something in that corral every day that would get me out of the house, across the driveway and into the corral, and then I would just stand there and like, and now what? 
And it so was just, you didn't. There's no YouTube tutorial for this. I'm guessing <laughs> there, there or kind of, whatever. Kind of like there, there's a little bit, right? And so I, I would do that. I'd do a little research and I'd go out and experiment. And that horse would tune me up and let me know how that wasn't how <laughs> things went. And I'd like, yo, I don't like YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, that trainer wasn't good. West, go back. But yeah, I, I stumbled. I struggled, and it was awkward. As you know, I, I, it's got to have been like for her the, this Mustang Cassidy, the, the first one I adopted. I mean, it had to have been like the worst like dating ritual ever in a relationship right because I, I just viewed it that way is like we're trying to communicate here we're trying to get along we're trying to build a relationship yeah and and it was just chaos and and it was full of fear and it was full of adrenaline and and, and no knowledge and so but it really kind of pushed me to like okay dude you got to go you got to go learn some stuff you got to reach out to people you've got to go find some resources because you're just you're not going to wing this you're just not going to win. Yeah, this. Cassidy ain't going to teach you. Nope. Yeah. It's just, nope. She will, but, but, but not in the way you want to learn. Yeah. 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 And uh, so. You can only get kicked in the head so many times <laughs> <laughs> before you stop learning, I guess. Yeah, at some point. It just. Wow. I, I just spent a year out there with her every day, just sometimes just walking in a circle. Anyway, it was just it was just a point of discovery. And I really started figuring out that the way I was showing up with her in that round in the pen was how I was showing up in life. I was too demanding. Mm. I was too pushy. I had an agenda. I was trying to check boxes. I was trying to get to the bottom of the list. Thought you were in control. Thought I had this in control. And so now I'm here. I am the superior human being, right? Okay. Horse comply, find your place, get in line, submit, right? This is what my mind's chewing on. Yeah. It ain't happening. It is not happening. The more I tried to push that agenda, the more she pushed back with fight. So this fight is where flight. you came back to the word follow. Yeah. Right, because I was like, I'm trying to make uh, this happen, and I can't make it happen. And I was like, all right, I've got I've to I've find a different approach to this than me trying to dominate it or control it or make it happen. And, yeah, so some humility really got to come into play. And, wow. uh you know, to go ask questions about something I knew absolutely nothing about. And for me in the man world, that was totally against my DNA. Oh yeah. It was totally against my DNA. I don't care how freaking lost I am. I took my family to Disney or to Disneyland one time and I was so stuck in this rut that we went through San Diego and hit the ocean and I still wasn't going to freaking ask for directions. <laughs> and we missed <laughs> Disneyland by a long ways. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a true story. <laughs> I was like, no, I got this. Oh, you freaking run out of highway and hit the ocean. You're like, is Disneyland in Tijuana? Yeah, I was going to say, I think Orange County's back that way. It was. It was. And uh, so anyway, it took some humility and and I just started reaching out and I really had to learn how to just find a quieter way, a softer, a softer way. And uh, anyway, that that was the beginning. And and from there, it's just kind of, I followed along. I learned how to follow. I really learned how to follow that Mustang. And then I've just followed the Mustangs, meaning they took me to the exact people I needed to be introduced to. The Mustang led me to my mentors, to uh, the discovery of the science of how the horse brain works was through a, a Mustang. Every, everything in my life from that time until now sitting here, the Mustangs have led me. And I've I've found my way of to follow that. and. Man, talk about just that feels so good that I can just let whatever the relationship be with whomever 
it just is what it is and it's just so okay today. I don't have an agenda to what can I get out of Michael in six months from now, right? Or, but or, to be or, able to share, I mean, that experience, I mean, to, when, yeah, Michael came back, I was like, oh, something happened. and it's not just the splint on your wrist i mean that's like whatever physical manifestation but but it's like holy shit you've and that was is like an incredible gift to be able to offer people on the back of i mean your own journey and being uh, learning the humility to be able to follow it was is especially really, at 40. It, it, it's still, <laughs> yeah. There was just a chunk of me that was just so afraid of that. I mean, just, it's just, maybe it's just the natural kind of man, just the man I, mind side. Yeah. It's cultural too. Oh. Like there's this, there's this perception that without any, uh, explicit direction we are supposed to know certain things by being right. men right uh, and, so, and to some regard females have this too except i think you guys have a natural coming of age that is a little bit more dictated that that turns you into a woman as in a man is just like is it when i graduate is it when i can drink is it when i like what is the arbitrary day that turns me from boy to man and i'm like nobody knows but one day you're just expected to like, oh, I have facial hair, so now I know how to use a gun and work out. Like I know all these like not intuitive things, but I think I do. That's the ego masking the inability to learn them correctly. And we carry that through our personality traits. Like we just, each year that's added on, I'm supposed to know more have even more. though I don't go learn it. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, and then by the time you're 30, you created this facade of where I'm like, oh, I think I know about the world. I think I know. Well, and, and that was, for me, one of the most powerful things with experiencing these horses. Because I, I had, I met Wes, and he kind of went through this story and told me about it. I was like, mm. and, and I kind of had the same reaction, I think, that, that you're having, Mark, where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Hey, if I get the chance, man, I'd love to spend some time with the horses. And probably it was about a year or so that went by, and I finally got the chance. Yeah. And then that's what really made it real because mm. you were put in a position where you know nothing like, and, it, and I, and I knew like, I don't know much about horses, but when you're there, you're like, man, I don't know much about anything, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good exercise. I think for, mm-hmm. for men in particular, but just for, for anybody to, you cannot help but experience some humility when you are with these animals and you see that the connection that you have to have in order to interact. And it's like, you know, kind of like you're talking about the parallel with everything else and with the world around us. And it's like, Oh man, if I can, if I can harness what's happening here with this horse and apply this to other situations, Mm -hmm. man, I could see things going a lot differently in my life. Absolutely. And that was that was kind of the coolest thing, and that's why I was very adamant about it. He's like, "Hey, dude, you got to come do this." I know it sounds weird, mm-hmm. and I can't really explain it, and you're just gonna think it's, "Hey, let's go ride horses," but <laughs> it's more than just let's go ride horses. Yeah, it really had little to do with riding. In fact, when we were riding the horses, was the time that like you're just processing all the lessons that you up to that. Yeah, yeah. that. I mean, the the experience is kind of profound. I, um, when we were going to go do it, I imagined that it was kind of orchestrated, that it was like, oh, yeah, you, you do this for this long, 
and it's very controlled. And then you go with these horses because these are the ones that are not so wild or whatever. And then we go to this spot that I've been to a bunch of times and we set up a scenario. It seemed like almost uh, amusement park style right, in right. my head. And when we showed up, there's a pan of horses and you're, you go, all right, guys, go get one. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and you're like, the, you know, that, then I, I wrote about this because it, it was really the only thing that Wes says. Like the only advice I can give you is that you should slow down faster to get done quicker. And I was like, <sighs> what the hell? Fuck. Right? <laughs> I'm going to need about a day with yeah, that before a, I can do anything with it. And so you give us the harness and, 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 and the lead and we kind of, all of us walk in there and the horses immediately feel it and they just bunch to one side and the energy is like, get the fuck away from me. And you're <laughs> yeah, like, just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, so how would I normally, I would be calm and I'd come around this angle, but it, I was just like, take everything that I would normally do, put that in a trash can and light it on fire <laughs> and then do whatever's counterintuitive. So I was trying, I was literally trying to go like, let the other guys go and watch their fuck ups. Right. Which right? meant I'm going to be last for sure, which means it's which good. Which means I'm going to get the one horse that really doesn't want to be got. Oh, that, <laughs> I, 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 I thought about that. Did you calculate that into your... 100% plan? was like, these guys, because once you, you know, he kind of said, hey, you should aim for this horse. You go for this horse. You know, right. he was lining up personality traits already. Right. And how I looked at it is like, you ended up going to a different horse. Roger went to a totally different horse. Sam went to a different horse. And it was like, fuck, I'm going to get the most difficult horse. And I'm like, I'm not a horse person. So I was already kind of nervous and, you know, very aware that I was making mistakes. Oh, and the horses did not sense that at all. Right. Oh, right. I mean, not right a little bit. Because you first said to go for easy. And right. He was the easiest one to spook. Yeah. Like, he was on edge, for sure. He was just like, wanted nothing to do with anybody. And then uh, Smokey was the one where it was like, okay, that one looks like it can look at me and it's not terrified. And so, you know, if I if I'm cool enough, then maybe I'll approach that one. And my idea was like, well, if I'm trying to get easy, if I go to the other horse, maybe he won't sense that I'm trying to yeah. get him because he knows I'm trying to go to that one. So I started petting and sure enough, easy came over. But then as soon as I reached out, it was gone. Like it was just it was such a surreal like psychotic like you it's how they describe oh horses know and there's whispering. All of that shit becomes real immediately when you go to touch a horse and you go, how does it know? Yeah. Like it knows something that I don't even know that I know. It knows that I'm trying to get it and it doesn't want to get got. So it goes away. And you're like, so the very first, just rounding up the horses, then we kind of got them and then he showed us like, I mean, over and over again, we had to put the saddles on, take the saddles off, put the saddles on, take the saddles off because that is the work like that that's getting them used to him then you're understanding what this horse is going through and how much fear there is in this whole process and so although humans want to do it once and say okay i got it let me let me go ride it's like no you you get the horse like one step at a time so that it it's not just put it on and then a human jumps on it and it's like what the fuck it's let it smell this, let it feel this, put it on, take it off. Let it smell this, let it feel this, put it on, take it off. Then add something each time. So then you're just adding, and then by the time you get done, nothing is different. The horse hasn't changed its state, and now it's used to it, and now you're used to it, which is the right. more important part. <laughs> and that, that's what I was going to yeah. say in that, in watching you guys 
watching the walls kind of come down, the caution dissipate from each of you as yeah. you went through those steps over and over. You, everybody become more comfortable and yeah. more calm and feeling more secure. Mm-hmm. And so then, therefore, the horses reflected that same thing. Well, and this is the thing that has really stood out for me just with the way that you train these horses. You know, this isn't the situation that I think most of us are probably familiar with in breaking horses where you just yeah. essentially exhaust them to the point where they give up and now they're compliant, right? Like these these horses, you're, you're building up. You're, you're turning them into something more than they, they're now more capable because of the process of yeah. learning to trust an, another being yeah right and then for me the connection between that and then us as as men or as people to not be broken down but to learn things and to Mm. practice over and over until we have that competency and that that confidence to then be more of what we were i was like oh man that's i I can't quite put my finger on Mm. it but i mean there's there's something to that and that's what's really kind of you know drawn me to this whole process is i think there's a lot that that we as humans can learn from from that process and you don't have to have anything to do with horses to like i, I mean you, to learn the lessons yeah you kind of have to see it in real in the real time that it happens but i was trying to explain uh i have a friend of ours that was a horse jumper so she's like super familiar with horses breeding them breaking them but all domesticated so when she saw my wrist she was like oh what happened and i was like oh, i got bucked from a mustang she's like a mustang and i was like yeah she's like well no shit it's wild yeah and I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, it was trained. I just didn't read it right. Like, I just misread it. Like, I had assumed, like, what we were talking about earlier is, like, I made a story in my head about what this horse will do because of what it's done. I made the the induction fallacy, right? What it does, it'll do. And that's a human trait that we love to do. If you behave this way, you'll behave this way in the future. That way, it's a shortcut. I can just assign that you'll do this. I'm trying to predict things. The- you can't do that with them. They are unpredictable. They are wild. I and think so- I had an ex-wife <laughs> that did that. <laughs> I, they, they, they bucked you off. Yeah. Did what exactly? Yeah. Well, there's that. <laughs> I was thinking about like inducing, yeah, or yeah, uh, deducing that past behavior was indicative of future behavior, and that. And it's then it wasn't, and then and then it's then, unexpected, and, and then now it's unexpected, and then it's my fault because I had expectations, and so the immediate when I felt this thing crack, immediately I was like, ah, yeah, like I, I thought so that, that happened. I knew. So you thought that the okay, end, that yeah. the horse is going crossing this stream mm-hmm. and is going to behave in a particular way. Uh-huh. It's going to, yeah, because of every single time before that. It had dipped in with one foot, then the next, and to help it, all balanced by leaning back. This time, it dipped, and then it drove, sat back, and jumped the entire creek, but I was loaded on the back, so I became the catapult, because all my weight was on its hind quarters, so I... You became catapulted, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it what? became, yeah, yeah. I, was the, I was the load. You were the uh, projectile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the lever. <laughs> And so there's a really, well, there's the induction thing that's really interesting because you can derive all sorts of things about expectations. But the funny thing about my friend is she got it almost instantaneously. And some of the stuff that I described that we did, like even walking around the horses, when you told us like, oh, when you walk around, this is how you do it. Because, you know, when it kicks you, 
it's going to fuck you up if you're out here. <laughs> so you get closer. And in my head, I was just like, oh, that makes sense. Be closer, you know, limit the leverage, that kind of physics is exactly dead on your side. And she was, I was explaining like, oh yeah, they teach you how to walk around and how to make the horse aware of where you're at. And she's like, you walk around a horse like behind it. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you don't do that. And I was like, yeah, he said that normal horse people would freak out about that. But I was so naive. I was like, cool, he said to do it. So we just like relaxed and did this thing that is apparently really dangerous. <laughs> and same thing, when I described the terrain that we went up, <laughs> she was like, you did what? And I showed her the video. Yeah, and she's dude. like, yeah. you guys are fucking insane. She's like, "Those, why would you do that? She's like, that's so dangerous. And I was like... That was fine. It didn't but feel that dangerous. Yeah, so it was that like, horses, like the normal thing yeah. to do. A horse is really strong, and apparently <laughs> it knows what it's doing when yeah. it goes uphill. And then it was kind of funny because by the end, she got the lesson before I did. When I was just like, ah, oh, this is, it was such a cool experience. I don't even know how to, like, I'm trying to formulate how to ride, write about these wild horses. And she's like, no, this is amazing. She's like, you experience what it's like to be wild but teachable. Wow. And I was like, wow. Phew. Fuck, I'm stealing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm write that down. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but it took, you know, somebody looking at it from like, she was more aghast than, uh, she was just like jaw dropped at all the stuff that I showed her that we're doing. And I think the naivety helped us get through all of the dangerous stuff. Being unaware of the potential danger helps us focus on just the task at hand. Well, and, and what you guys experienced, and I shared this with you too, like you said, that was like normal horse people will, will not jive with this. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm having you guys do things that in the horse industry, mm -hmm. you know, I, there's a lot of pushback on like, stay away from background behind the horse and, yep. and those types of things. But in a relationship, right? If we know there's a dangerous spot and then we spend all of our attention yep. avoiding that dangerous spot, what then becomes mm. of that dangerous spot? Well, so this is this this is where universal truths align very easily because you you described industry. An industry is shorthand for uh, moderate or the middle or the median or the average. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be above average, you can't follow industry because it follows an average. And in our space out here that we have, we do not follow the average. The things that we do are inherently more dangerous than going to a normal gym and doing safe exercises on safe machines. We risk something in all our activities because risk brings greater reward. Right. Now, we always want it to be asymmetrical risk. Like we're always aiming for the biggest reward without the biggest risk. That, but there's no such thing as a reward without risk. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't happen. You this can't, is a gym where you could fall on something or something might fall on you. Yeah. And you have to be aware. And that's a lot of the lessons. We had an injury last week and it was part of the lesson. Yeah, that is part of it. Like a double sprain is a terrible thing to do. And I watched it happen. It's going to happen because people are inattentive and they lose track of their attention by losing their intention. And when that happens, all it, there's sorry, you're going to get hurt or they put the priority yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. Boom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, and again, with, with the horses, when we were trying to halter them up, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The, the priority was feeling out the horse and reading the horse and, and communicating with that horse and then you can accomplish the task mm -hmm. 
But in our minds, it's like, we'll get the check, get the task done. Yeah, I need to put point. this thing on the horse, ready, set, go. I need to do this as quickly as possible. And it's not about being In fact, I, I need to do it faster than the Yeah, and right. ideally, I want to do it because we're guys. Because we're guys. Because we're guys. And let's yeah, see do this faster and who's, better. The, who's yeah. the, you know, horse whispering. Yeah. Who has an immediate connection and can just like yeah. get in there. Oh, dude, I'm so in tune. I got my horse faster than you did. Right? And And if you approach it like that, it will never happen. I mean, and you can... You could feel it, and and mm-hmm. I think that was that's one of the coolest lessons is it teaches you to be really cognizant of the difference between what you think you're thinking and what you're actually thinking. Mm. Because the horse yeah. knows, because because the horse knows the real thing, thing. Yeah. And you know. So you can tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. The horse knows the reality. And here, here's and it, this is what science is. Where I love science, and the Mustangs led me into the science of their brain. They led me to uh, Dr. Stephen Peters, a neuroscientist. Mm. So he studies human brains, and he's like an expert. He mm. understands every little chunk of gray matter in there and understands how when things happen, you know, they, the, the neurochemical travels through this area of the brain. And so he really got digging into the horses, and he really wanted to understand how the horse brain worked. And so he's been sharing this, this science knowledge with me. And, mm. and here's why my belief on why those horses are able to connect with us at that level, right, that, that like you said, Josh, you had to not think in order to accomplish kind of getting in there and getting close to that horse. You can't think about, oh, I'm getting closer, one more step, right? Mm-hmm. The more intensely you think about it, then the horse is like pushed away going, yeah. I'm going to create a little more distance. Mm-hmm. So hence, the, you know, slow down faster to get done sooner. How quiet can you be and, and be able to move forward with the horse? So the horse doesn't have this prefrontal lobe like we do where, where we describe things and label things and we plan the future and the past all of that living in our prefrontal cortex the horse doesn't have that brain matter there so the horse can only be right now so if you're walking up to that horse with the intent of i'm going to catch you right there's there's energy behind that thought there's there's energy being sent from you forward Mm -hmm. with i'm going to catch you mentality that's what the horse feels. He just feels that energy. And he's like, this guy's coming to get me. Mm. I'm a prey animal. I'm not going to get got. <laughs> this is my livelihood. Well, like, I, like my, my literal life is on the line. Life. If I make the wrong decision, absolutely. I'm dead. That horse in, in everything that we're doing with him, that horse believes it's life depends on what's happening right now. Not what's going to happen mm-hmm. later, but what's happening right now. Is, would a canine be similar? I don't know. I know they have a different. Yeah, they can have a different. They have a different memory system because they can relate past experiences. Um, But I would say probably more in the moment than what a person does. Because a person almost never is in the moment. Like a human being is either in the past in regret or anxiety of the future in almost all cases. Right. Unless you're some Tibetan monk that's just holier than fuck. Right. <laughs> and I think he could probably go catch all the horses yeah, like at one oh, time. Yeah. But he no, 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 doesn't need to because he doesn't have shit to prove. Right. Or not. Yeah, or not, which is another case study for, um, you know, it is really good to understand how our brain works and the functionality of meditation and removing thoughts and that mastery is a thing. But when they take people who only master that aspect it is next to worthless in a real world situation. Yeah. Without application. Without right? how, application. How do you do something yeah. with it's this? Like, yeah, you're in a cave where there's no distraction and there's no anything. And there's this really fucking funny story about um, a, 
there's a there's a couple there's two main sects of Zen meditation, two main differences, and it's very the the intricacies of it are benign, so that doesn't matter. But uh, one was crossing over to a, a, a Zen monk; he's a master. Was crossing over into a different style to experience it, and uh, he went to this retreat. It's very long; it's like sixty days, and it's really intense meditation. And um, the the master of the monastery called him in to see how he's doing after about a week. He's like, "How's everything going?" He's like, "Oh, it's great. It's, re- it's re- I'm doing really well." He's like, but it's really noisy here like the noises are really bothering me and the monk just laughed and he's like well what do you think the noises feel like with you around (laughs) 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 i mean it is a funny little like um it is a very zen statement but it also just proceeds like how good is your meditation if things still bother you right like if 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 you need silence that says something just as much as if you need noise, that says something else. And in this situation, if you like, if you need certain things and it's not applicable in the real world, your, your practice is not working. Like if this gym stuff that you do doesn't help you be more resilient or more fit or more, you know, dynamic in the real world. Or then, more curious yeah. about stuff in the real world. Yeah. So are, are you then saying, do you submit that we should perhaps tip over the bucket? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tip the bucket, over. yeah. Kick the bucket over. Kick I think the bucket. Well, goes. that's that's what you guys <laughs> experienced. Yeah, yeah. That's what you guys experienced with with the horses. I mean, we got into some pretty dynamic situations. Meaning the train wasn't like level. It was, <laughs> How um, many we, we gained? Five thousand feet of elevation. Uh, we yeah. We topped out yeah. at eleven thousand feet. I didn't realize that, that flat top is like right. And we at 11, we did that. Feet. You know that horse carried you yeah. through that in in like five hours, four hours. Yeah. You, you ascended that much elevation and it wasn't on a, you know, a trail, so to speak. It wasn't like, <laughs> I mean, the thing that we got lost. Right. Yeah. Times it wasn't you're the that. only person who used right. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, we had to stop and yeah. like cut logs out of the way, mm-hmm. you know I mean? It was, so what we work with are those horses and getting their mind to a state of this relaxed mm-hmm. state. We wanted all those horses, those Mustangs to be able to find the calm and the chaos. When, I mean, when mm-hmm. shit hits the fan, yeah. The, the proper response is to relax, take a breath, and breathe. And those horses, when they do that, their brain will relax from this sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system. That's when the dopamine release comes in. And so during the training, I just keep showing those horses that right behind what is fearful or scary or tense, relax and you'll find dopamine. Uh. And so those horses kind of walk into a setting like, bring it, because hmm. all I got to do is relax. Hence the term war horses. Yeah. This is the, the they can handle. Factor. Yeah, they can handle. So there was a spot on that the the, the switchbacks that mm-hmm. last day when we're leaving, mm-hmm. and we're going up. And I don't know if you guys we're heading up that trail, and it's switchback. It's steep. I mean, steep like hikers wouldn't really want to hike this. It's yeah, steep. it's like it's like bear crawl. Steep. It's it's yeah. you're going up. <laughs> And as we're going up that trail, and I kind of leaned back and I called out to you guys. I was like, sit up on these horses, get up forward, grab a handful of that mane. You got to, we got to push them through these turns. They got to make these turns. You know, and and I kind of presenced it and brought it up. And then boom, man, the next thing, like two horses behind me, the one Roger was riding, Rogan, he got to the turn on the switchback and he kind of stalled out. And and now we're stalling out on a switchback that is just downhill from there. Momentum is key. Oh, man. And, and so it stalled out right there on that switchback. And, but what, what I watched that horse do 
was he got a little flustered and he had to situate his feet and he kind of stepped off the trail and he went yeah, down a little bit slid. and then he just stopped and he was like <sighs> big breath and he's like reattack and he just went right back at it again like let me get going again but what he didn't do was panic yeah i mean had he panicked <laughs> and missed one step yeah because you, I mean, Mike, you were coming along. Right you were me. right next. Yeah, yeah. And when that horse stalled out and uh, Smokey Joe, he got there and he kind of raised up and, and yeah. did a turnaround right yeah. on that trail and was back. And I was like, whoo, boy, this is getting nice, you know, <laughs> right? The adrenaline's free on these trips, right? There's no extra charge for adrenaline. Yeah. And when your horse turned around and I was just like, oh, man, we got to pull this together. We Forward momentum. We've mm-hmm. got to get things moving. You know, you got your horse yeah. lined back around. Roger got his horse going and, and we got going again. But even when your horse turned around, had he panicked yeah. for just a moment, like, oh, yeah. no, what's Down. happening? Yeah. Ah, right? We, we would have lost the whole thing. Yeah. Any any one horse anywhere would have panicked. Game over. So if in that situation, one horse panics, do the rest follow suit? Oh, man. It's, it's likely. It's, it's super okay. likely. If, if you don't get it turned around. But here's the thing is, is I can't even afford to have the horse start to panic. Yeah. Because yeah. once, then, then we've already missed the moment. Okay. We're already in it. And, and and now it's going to be you know just a complete shit show because now it, you're in the panic moment. yeah because it's, it's now it's going yeah so we keep conditioning those horses mentally so this isn't a physical training but it's it's understanding how their brain works and so we scale them up get them tense right things are happening bring them back down show them that they're okay get that dopamine release stress worry things are happening bring it down get the dopamine those horses start building that pattern of i'm okay even in stress, I'm okay. This is very similar to like fight preparation. Man, well, it, it, yeah. it's it's been yeah. a it, it's been a something I've been wanting to. You know, how do I get this into me? How do I become? Yeah. How do I always yeah. stay calm in the chaos? Yeah. Right, life just happened. This thing just happened. Can I, I just take a, take a big breath yeah. Yeah. and just stand here and look it's, at it and then keep going? You know, it, well, it is. You're you're absolutely right. It's stress inoculation. You know, and we can do this to ourselves. We can have this self impose it's way more effective if we can enlist the help of someone else because yeah. we'll only ever push ourselves yeah, to yeah. a certain point. So we either have to be really good, like you say, Michael, in tricking ourselves or finding people that can trick us. Yeah. And then we can continue to build and, and again, get this experience and like, okay, man, I've been through this and this and this uh, comparatively, this is only marginally worse. Right. I think I'm going to be okay. And I can, and I can come down from it. And, and watching some of your videos, some of your training videos, because you have this stuff online and you can watch and mm-hmm. you'll take a brand new horse. I mean, days prior, this thing was running wild in the, you know, Western United States. And now here it is in this round pen with a, you know, hairless ape trying to make it do things. <laughs> right. And, and, and it didn't, the, the videos didn't mean as much prior to going through and, and experiencing the horses. But now when I hear you talk about the things that you're looking for, right, you're, you're doing something and, and it's bizarre. Like he'll do the weirdest stuff. I mean, he's like thrashing an umbrella at this horse and you're like, Hey dude, you're going to get killed. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so, you know, you, you see the horse tense and he's like, okay, that's what I was looking for. Now I'm going to back down and I'm going to wait. And it may be 10 seconds, it may be 10 minutes, and then you'll see the horse just let down and it'll do something called a, a lick and chew typically. Yep, yep lick and 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 then when I have seeing the horses in person and then going back uh-huh. and rewatching this, I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's what he's doing. And because tr- making the cognitive leap of, okay, here's a wild animal. Now, if I touch it behind the leg here, it'll lift its hoof up and then I can clean it out. I'm like, 
how the fuck did you get from there to there? <laughs> and then I saw this just like, you know, I mean, process that I, even over the course of a YouTube video, he made made that progress, but it but it was, you know, patient and he took his time. He didn't rush it. And that was something that I, you know, really tried to emulate when getting up close enough to the horses while they were laying down in the field that one day. Yeah. I was like, it was kind of a all right, what did Wes say? Okay, let me let me try and emulate that and, and really try and pay attention to what the horses are communicating back to me. And it took a while. And that's I mean, that's the biggest key. When when the horse can sense that you are connecting, like mm-hmm. you're open and you're like saying, "Hey, can I hang out? Can mm-hmm. I be a part of this?" That's exactly when, what it when was. you can mm-hmm. when you stop and have that just that thought in your mind of like, "Okay, I'm close. I'm at the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. If I another step forward, and I'm pretty sure this horse is going to move or stand up or whatever, mm-hmm. just you consciously stopping energetically and checking in and saying, "We okay? Looking for acceptance? Yep. Yeah, and it's, and then that horse will find comfort in that going oh He's this looking. two-legged can feel me mm. versus if you just go marching in there they're like oh this one's numb i'm out of here it's hard to and, and it's really hard to explain like you can feel that push pull mm-hmm. like it's it's invisible right there there's no, it's, I, I can't explain it other than like some kind of weird mystical terms but it's like you know when you've reached that bubble and you're like okay i'm where the ears perk up and the body language changes for sure and then when you wait and then it notices that Mm. nothing is gonna you know progress it relaxes yeah and then you can take another step and it it, like it's always a reevaluation, which is really interesting because when you mention like finding that calm i was uh, in jujitsu what's really helped me learn better was a lot of people want to frustrate people with their power and their dominance. That's how most humans act. They just, I want to be dominant and I want to, I want to push that power onto other people. That's how they control everything. But there's a lot of control and there's a lot of people that get frustrated if you can maintain calm. Like if right. you can't break somebody's calm, that's almost as frustrating as somebody totally. being that dominating. Because it's unnerving. they have control over themselves. Like even if I'm losing, but I'm not panicking, I'm just checking the boxes, yep. taking a breath, making sure I can breathe, finding space. And then, yeah, I'm being suffocated like slowly. Yeah, my <laughs> arm is getting ripped out, but I'm just doing all the things that I know how to do. And eventually when I lose, I lost, but I didn't panic and lose. Like if you panic, you lose. Done. But right if now. I don't panic, I have a chance at coming out of that thing. So that that's really helped. And I wish I would have like, seen it closer about like no how calm can you be because that might be the game how how far into this wild thing can you remain calm and take a breath well think about you know when you guys are pushing the envelope of training i mean that's really and that's just kind of been my observation is like watching i'm like dude he is redlining and yet you know calm as a hindu cow and it's like huh Interesting. You know, and, and, it's only because I don't have energy to grimace. Like, <laughs> just like trying not to pass out. So I'm just like, there's no facial expression because all that blood is somewhere else. <laughs> it, it doesn't live there anymore. No, right. But 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 there is something yeah. to that. You know, pushing and being in the deep end. Mm. You know, we were making the analogy of of deep water diving and breath holding and all that thing. And it, and it kind of comes back to this ability to remain calm mm. when everything else around you is going to shit you know mm. the the plane's on fire it's crashing yeah you know what i mean it's like i'll just calmly adjust mm. my seatbelt. i suppose yeah you do <laughs> what you can do kind of on a horse too yeah. I, I think that really helped going up those you guys were great i mean and you know you guys have got 
you're able to manage your emotions very well and that that helped in the success of everything that we were doing was for you guys to you didn't have the necessarily the skill set or the knowledge of everything that was going on but you had the wherewithal to keep your emotions in check and to stay engaged and to be curious and ask questions and that's what got you know that's how everything was able to just keep moving and keep flowing was you guys' willingness to do the same in an environment that you weren't totally comfortable in mm-hmm. but you mentally just found a comfortable place there so you found your own calm in that chaos which then allowed you to find the horse and connect and make things you know things just worked out better you know because it's I, mean, I showed this with you guys that the normal horse people will freak about what you guys did. I mean, I, I told you that. I was like, mm-hmm. normal horse people won't do this because they have so many beliefs. They've been told so many things. They're carrying their previous Absolutely. experiences and their, their expectations of the future they bring into it. that experience. They bring they it. They haven't it's, learned from the horse. So it's super tough uh-huh. for me to take a yeah. seasoned horse person and walk them through what I walked you guys through in yeah. an afternoon. It's way harder. They already know. Similarly, on the same aspect, it is the hardest thing for us to take somebody through physical transformation who has transformed themselves before because they've created a, a success a pattern, pattern yeah. or a, be- yep, a, belief a belief about it. Yeah. That's exactly. And, and you had a great example and with your friend about the horse and walking around behind the horse. Yeah. You know, for sure, that's you'll, you'll hear that everywhere. Stay out of that area. And I'm I'm in a different world of like, no, this is this is my partner. We're, we're doing this together. I can't have do not touch areas. Our lives depend on this. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't have that. Well, especially had we worked on the trail, like oh. with yeah, a, you, the on and off and the back and forth. You can't be like, oh, there's a six foot block of no go zone. Can't I have, have to walk there in order to get to the other horse. So. No, because you might have to get yeah. off and walk in between the horses to yeah. go help your buddy out that's precariously hanging off the side or something needs to be moved or a log or a rock or a tree needs to get out of the way we can't not walk by the horses no you might have to crawl under a horse yeah (laughs) right and we did to to get where we need to go we we just got to be i mean that was a legitimate practice in in warming up is like hey just let the horse know where you're going to go and you can go under it but you just make it aware if it does something weird you'll know don't go there but if you touch it and slide your arm you're free and clear it knows where you're at in which case you're calm it's calm and if yeah. you, if you're, but that's being in touch. Yeah. And then being in tune and being yeah. aware and, and asking, that's I just, weird. I view it as a, as a complete relationship. Mm-hmm. Everything you're doing with those horses, like in any relationship, if, if you head in and start making contact somewhere that hasn't been pre-fielded already, right? We haven't, I shouldn't have touched that. Strip. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, that was a no-go yeah, zone. Yeah. I should have asked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it we, actually said so on the sign when you came in, but <laughs> you were what? so focused on getting to the pole yeah. that you didn't see the sign. <laughs> well, this, yeah. is, this is one of the, this is one of the lessons that I thought was really great coming out of it. Cause it was totally unexpected was that, Oh yeah, I guess I'm going to learn how to like communicate with horses, whatever. But what it did was it made me reevaluate how I communicate with people because we make all these assumptions about people with expectations and how they've acted in the past and, you know, all these derived punishments through conversations, especially with like the people closest to you were the worst about communicating Uh. with because we make all the assumptions because we know them, which is the worst thing that we can do. When in reality, if all we do is check to make sure that they're okay, every step of the moment, there won't be any miscommunication. 
Like you'll catch it. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll like, catch oh, it before it happens. That's why she kicked me. Yep. Like <laughs> I should have put my hand yeah, under her <laughs> belly yeah, to yeah. let her know yeah. I was going. Yeah, let's get a corner. But that that was kind of like an epiphany where I was like, oh fuck, for how smart we are, we really are stupid when it comes to communicating with our own kind. If all we did was check in, and th- this came up a couple times, I think uh, Naval mentioned this on. Um, uh, what podcast was that in the knowledge project podcast who's a who's a fairly profound thinker you know he's very articulate when he goes about things and he he says that one of the best things that he ever learned was when people are angry or frustrated or being assholes to approach it in the manner that you would a child as opposed to thinking that that person is against me like oh they're just trying to harm me you approach them like they're probably tired or hungry (laughs) or need a new diaper yeah that's (laughs) why they're being loud is because they need one of these they need something very specific and it has little to do with you you're just getting the reaction of their 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 necessities not being met it was like it brought me back to that thing it's like if you communicate in that manner with a horse like what does this horse need? It needs safety. Therefore, I offer safety Absolutely. by not being unsafe myself. Yep. And in which case, if you do that with your partner or your friends. Or your dog. Or your dog. I mean, I'm right. in this right now. It's yeah. like, what does Sparkle need? Like, why is she behaving in this way right mm. now? What can I do? Oh, I'm totally wound up myself. Yeah. I probably should calm the fuck down, yeah. and then she's going to calm down, and, and yeah. then we're... And we'll have a moment. We'll get to snuggle. And it'll be awesome. <laughs> and we see that, especially with Blind Bear traveling with him in the airport. We see like the total difference in in how I sit with him and how Aaron sits with him. Is Aaron goes in expecting that he's going to be nervous because this is different. He is nervous as can be in an yeah. airport, especially around all the machines, all the people. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be. He's never been in that situation. As opposed to, I just expect him to obey me. Right. So he just does what I expect like, here we to go. do. Here's even the boundaries. The, yeah, even to the point where we got to, you know, the checkpoint where they make him go through the walk through the thing and it's like, oh no, you can't carry him through the leash. You have to take everything off. So you take everything off and in which case, it's game on because yeah, here we go. Like there is no collar, there's no anything. Now they actually have to listen to you with a thousand people behind them distracting them and you walk through but the more calm you are and the pressure. more you believe in your animal, they sit yeah. And then they come, and then they sit, and then you put everything back on, and you're like, Jesus! Whoa! Like, I can't believe gone, I got away with that. It could have gone so bad, but it's a belief. It's a belief and expectation thing. So if I expect something to be uncalm, it probably will be. Just yeah. you know, well, that's useful. That's the horse's question all the time: mm-hmm. Am I safe? And, and the more I mm-hmm. learn and understand horsemanship, the more the horses are teaching me humanship. That's all we really want to know too. <laughs> Am I safe? And so if I, yeah. whatever it is I'm doing or, or, or interacting with whomever, or if that guy, you know, and somebody's having a, whatever that fit is or something going on, I just kind of view it as a question of safety. Mm-hmm. That, that dude just doesn't feel safe right now. That's what's going on. He's pissed off because this or that or the other. Do you know how mad that would make a mad person? Right. <laughs> it's like some dude's blowing Dude, up, being safe. aggressive. Hey, hey man, calm safe. down. I know you feel unsafe. <laughs> yeah, that'll fix it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the most patronizing oh, thing ever. Like, I can't wait we to can put that. you in a gated area and we right. can kind of get you a rattle. Maybe <laughs> you a need a hug. You a yeah. Yeah. Room. Need a hug and Have a snack. Eaten? I don't. I don't breastfeed, but you might need to. <laughs> we'll get you a mammary gland of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hugs and snacks, man. That's oh, yeah. all we so, need. so where is this going? Like, you've developed this thing, uh, this skill, and I would call it an art, uh, and maybe it's even a life skill. Um, 
but what do you what is the what's what does it look like to you like what do yeah. you man i mean right now it's there's there's a lot going on in a sense that there's the the science or understanding the horse's brain and the, the real neurochemical influences that are going on inside the brain is just not known in the horse industry at the mm. level that 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 i want that to be known for the horse in a sense so we're we're going forward we've designed a uh, a science uh seminar that we teach on the horse's mm. brain so it's a one-day event that we have people come and we can we'll teach them about the brain mm. and then we go out and show it in real live action to where you can yeah. see you can see the cortisol yeah you can see fight flight and then you know chemically what's going on in the brain and then how we as the humans or the people handling the horses we influence that mm. right we see some there's too much cortisol there if we don't recognize it as that it's easy for us to put more cortisol more stress and worry and then we end up with lots of horse problems based on that so we're we're, we're building a, an educational format we're starting to go forward with that it's we're really grassroots i mean i feel like this is the kind of the next wave of of what will be happening in horsemanship is really getting mm -hmm. the science into it so we're, we're doing about that we're talking that and then uh, these backcountry trips as men and mustangs trips we've been kind of evolving them over the last couple of years and, and josh coming you know a few months ago and you guys coming out last mm -hmm. month really putting that into place and just what does that feel like and what's the real message there and I, I feel like there's a there's a part of me that wants to to take the 40 year old me that was totally freaking lost and spun out on a horse ride because mm. if that guy can just get a breath of air <laughs> and just figure out that you know what i'm not in this shit show all by myself Everybody else is in it. They're just better at faking it right now than I am. <laughs> right? And it's because I yeah. was so lost and so spun, and I just felt like I'm the only knucklehead on this planet that screwed life up and that didn't <laughs> handle things correctly. And so I just wanted to hide. Mm -hmm. But, man, there's something about getting guys into the backcountry, getting them on horses, getting them around a campfire, mm -hmm. getting them chopping wood, building that fire, cooking food, talking. And, and just being able to just share and talk and visit without having to compare or analyze each other. And uh, it's just, so we're wanting to build that program and, and turn make that into a, and we'll do several trips a year and, and get that going, so. Because it's a, it's a real moment. That's, ah. that, that's the thing is like, man, when you're, when you're cold, you're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's very real and it makes you recognize your humanity and all of a sudden, you know, the car payment doesn't really matter when you're shivering and wondering like, Hey man, am I going to survive this night? Did we bring enough blankets? Or yeah, yeah, there was some real going questions on? going on there. Like yeah. the thunderstorm came in and it was like, Oh man, we totally misplanned this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, okay, it'll pass. And then three hours later, it was it still didn't. just dumping. And then our sleeping area became kind of a body of water <laughs> yeah and it was like, like well that's out yeah and it was just it was one of those things where you're right like man i didn't think about one bill i didn't think about one you know task that i had to you thought you know, about all that shit you didn't learn in the boy scouts <laughs> right or the fact that i wasn't allowed to go to the boy scouts yeah, I, well <laughs> but it it does it teaches you to let go and and, and experience that mm -hmm. moment no matter how shitty it oh, actually it doesn't is teach it forces it forces mm -hmm. yeah and it enforces as, in, I think. yeah as does being on the horse. So now you have these these two elements that are kind of working synergistically. And if you're, you know, if you are 
refreshed enough for your and your brain isn't too foggy from having a rough night's sleep you can draw that parallel and then hopefully but the other thing is like having the bad night's sleep like like mm-hmm. going without that takes the defenses down that's mm-hmm. also the thing that leads to, that allows conversation that permits it and ah. the fact that you have an experience so because th- this is something i would see in the mountains all the time mm-hmm. especially training military guys it's like yeah everybody fakes it for everyone yeah. can fake it for three days yeah. you go on a trip where guys have to take care of themselves for 10 days for two mm-hmm. weeks for longer then after the three days of posturing everything goes away mm-hmm. and now we can now we are integrating not insulating mm-hmm. now we are actually able to communicate rather than try and distance ourselves or or, or to compete in a, in a way and, and i bet that like just hearing you talking about it, Wes, the, the, the fact that the, the, the horse is the leveler in the human experience yeah. there that, that takes away the, like, okay, there is no competition here because if you bring competition into this, you're getting, you're going to be the projectile that gets catapulted. <laughs> Not that that's what happened to you, Michael, but, but just that, that, or you may be on the receiving end of that, that kick or whatever that you need to hum. To, to bring the humility, which is not the characteristic that you are operating with in the rest of the world. No, and, it, it, and if you can then learn that, express it, experience it, and then take that back into the world. Absolutely. Now we can actually, then we can communicate in, in here. Mm, then we can communicate. It's a turning off of that prefrontal cortex, all of the the. the the trauma and drama of you know our busy society yeah when, when you're out in the mountains and you're in that experience there's not all that stuff to think about so that prefrontal cortex is its job is less important it starts being quieter yeah and then we're quieter we can be more real because i'm not trying to talk through my bullshit i'm not trying to mm. talk through this prefrontal cortex of all everything i want you to believe about me the horse has already seen through my bullshit already <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so and maybe he didn't it, even slow it, down to check with it he just no, blew right past he, it. he blew right past it and then i think if you're in that situation um you realize oh i've been seen yep are the other men also yep. seeing and if they're seeing then there's no reason to try and pretend anymore let's stop it let's yeah. just stop that, that was kind of a, we had quite a mix. There was a different mix. Obviously, Josh is there and our friend Sam, mm-hmm. uh, who's a bit of a, a free spirit, yeah, right? Like, right. which was <laughs> like adding him into the mix was a big question mark, which I'm really glad we did because Super glad. he was one of the ones that appreciated it probably, you know, on a level that none of us might not ever understand, right? which is because he would never be put in that situation before. And, and, and then Roger, who, you know, appreciated right from the get-go gained so much more appreciation the only way i could look at it is it wasn't fun but it was absolutely profound like it not one point was it like we but by the end it really was about us and we on it because you see people's different reaction to stress and you see how they handle the horse and how they handle getting firewood and josh's brain goes he gets excited when stuff comes down to like bushcraft he's like yeah. oh yeah we can yeah. do this even if it's the harder way he's like no this is the cool way to do it though if josh can use his knife yeah. he's like all yeah, I'm in super happy yeah. super yeah. Like, josh we don't need to chop any more wood and i'm yeah. like but i'm but here can we but yeah. Can we? yeah but there's a whole forest yeah. here yeah. and i have a big knife <laughs> i, I can do to this. use it yeah it was like, awesome like well and roger made that mm-hmm. he's like he's like hey man you know do you ever is it ever taxing to like 
be in a situation like this and be constantly doing the things. And I was like, no, this is, this Freedom. is amazing because yeah. now I'm a useful tool. Mm. You know, there's other, there's other parts of society where it's like, uh, I mean, unless you need someone punched in the face, I really can't do much. For you. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, do you know what I mean? I'll let you know. You'll never go out of work. If that yeah. was your job. Yeah, There's plenty like... of people in this life that need to be punched in the face. In fact, if my job could be lining up people who needed to get punched in the face, I'd, I'd just be like, this is, Perfect. this is my calling. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sell tickets yeah. to this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so number seven, step to the front. You're up. Yeah. So for me, I was like, no, this is, this, yeah. you know, I, I, this brings me joy to you know, put some of these skills that I have to use for the benefit of others because, and that's what, you know, that's what I told. I was like, man, I don't have a lot that I can give. So when I have an opportunity to do so, it's very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And so now I can be a useful tool as opposed to something that's just hanging on the shelf that may or may not get picked up. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a great trip all the way around. And uh, it was, it was super fun for me to watch the horses as they interacted with you guys. And so, you know, cause I know the horses and I, I you know, I want to feel like I know them really super well. And so as I watched different things that happened and, or that didn't happen, or like with the horse going across the water, you know, I, I replayed that on my mind a few times. Like, all right, well, why did that, what happened? What was different in that environment? What was the different setup that, that Smokey Joe had a mm -hmm. different, uh, you know, reaction to, to a, that, a different yeah. way of doing that. Yeah. You know, so I played it out of my mind and I feel like I come up with how the environment had changed and how, mm. uh, Smokey Joe was just answering his question of safety. Yeah. And then that's what, why that happened. So they're so dynamic. They're so real. We yeah. can't in a sense, get that complacency of, Oh, well, this is normal mm. and, and settle into a normalcy yeah. because they're so real in this right now moment. They don't know a normal. Yeah. And so they're always just each step what now what now what now and the environment changes with every step so it's a constant and and our comfortable is different than their comfortable uh, we're trying to get to two separate comfortables mm. and theirs is totally misaligned well, here, in most we, times. we know we're not going to die today yeah i mean i can say with almost a hundred percent accuracy yeah. i am not going to die today yeah. the horse can't say that any right. day they, in their, a minute, their right. mind can't yeah. go forward. They can't evaluate their their surroundings. Nobody told the horses that the dinosaurs are extinct. Yeah. They're, they're still like that. Shit's gonna come and kill us. They're yeah. somewhere. Yeah, there's neurochemicals are still flowing through yeah. their brain, protecting them against predators. They're still like looking. That. Yeah. They're still looking for those predators, and that's still the the rawness, that edge of it. And so, finding that comfort in that chaos. Imagine walking around all day thinking. You could die at any second and Freaking then being pterodactyl. I'm being calm out. about it yeah. and just relaxing and walk down the street and go, this might be my last walk. But how many people go through like how walk up to anybody on the street and go, um, is horse is a horse prey? Like, would you ever consider horse as prey? Right. Like th yeah. that that might be the, the driving force in a horse, you know, in the in the the, the, the biology, their, 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 the biology their, their consciousness. Yep. Um, and because I would never have thought of that, but as soon as you said, okay, yeah, dinosaurs, I'm like, oh, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. And then bears or what, you know, running around out in the, in the West, in the wild. Yeah. There are still predators for well, then, the horse. And, and to think that that is the thing, one of the, the, the most dominant forces that is informing their consciousness or their relationship to the world. Like I would never have considered that until just now. Like, nice. oh, okay. Yeah. I, th I think I, that's because we're accustomed to a domesticated horse, right? Yeah. And so that, I mean, nothing eats a, 
a horse that lives in a barn. Well, you don't. That's insane. Yeah, and 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 you t- tell people, yeah, this is horse. Like when we were in Bulgaria, we, yeah. <laughs> we ate a fair amount of horse. Yeah. Um, like people are like, no, I would never eat a horse, you know. And so you don't even think of it as like a, 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 a as prey or a food yeah. source or anything. It's a, it, it's it's something else. I don't. Yeah. Uh, Understanding that biology, though, of how they think. Yeah. Absolutely. And then how we can. Mother Nature left a door slightly open in the horse's mind for man to come in. For the hairless ape, yeah. Yeah, for us to come in. And what I'm finding behind that door, right? You guys all found whatever you found kind of behind that door for yourselves. But what I find behind that door is a great blueprint of how humanity can live moment to moment to moment and be safe and feel calm and quiet and healthy because that's all the horse really wants is am i safe <sighs> and now i just want to be healthy and i just i just want to be okay and i and i feel like that's the ever driving question of man am yeah. i safe and can i just relax and be okay but you know we've got a society that drives us for more and more and more and more and i mean yeah, they just want that's the want, struggle. want not want safety they yeah, want more, more. Yeah. but but the Somewhere. want the, the the want of safety is is the actual one mm-hmm. and they are trying to fulfill that right. desire that want that need with a new, stuff. BM, a new bmw feels yeah. really safe for sure yeah, you know, so because safe the airbags yeah. yeah but by taking on no but but it's not even it's like the but, yeah. and they do, and what we don't understand is that when when we go through that and it's the two big two houses yeah. it's the the escalate it's the this it's the that um it's it, we are actually increasing our exposure <laughs> yeah. in a quest to fulfill this desire for safety because we've misread the actual desire mm. and i think it's a little bit of surrounding ourselves with stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe projecting power you know projecting power through possession mm-hmm. so that we don't get attacked so yeah, that we so the, there's a safety yeah. somewhere in that that, that we're, yeah. we're we're striving for the safety in the wrong and and, 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 and in an unsatisfied way somehow yeah and, and or you know Safety through acquisition. I, I I actually think that's a really silly yeah. way to go about it, but apparently that's the thing that we are locked into oh, almost. Sure. Which is why when everything gets taken from you, you actually kind of feel safe. It's like I don't have you, you have nothing to worry about. Now. I can just worry just about just myself now. now. Yeah, right now in this moment because I have not all that stuff that I had became a burden and a thing that I had to worry about its safety. But now that my yeah. car's gone, I no longer care about my car alarm working. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or how much gas costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Take the bus. Uh, that's a really, that's a really uh, oh. interesting draw. I mean, I, I guess you could make the correlation that humans are prey animal. Oh, like yeah. We of like ourselves. Think, yeah, yeah. Of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. Like we don't have any natural predators per se. Um, but we're cannibals. But we, yeah, but we, well, the Arlboros thing, like a snake that eats itself. Mm. Like, and that's what we do. We perpetuate this. Oh, yeah, but I'm feasting. Yeah, yeah. I'm so full. But I'm eating. Oh, I'm eating my foot. My tail. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> fuck, I'm eating my foot. Uh, oh, well. And then I just eat. I've got eating. another one. Yeah, well, it's tender, so yeah. it tastes really good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, it was an absolutely awesome experience. I'm glad you could make it up. And, yeah. and I, I, like, I heard your story. The first day, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be way different than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and so I am glad you made it up here and got to you know, uh, at least share some sure. of it. Um, where sure. can people find you about you? 
if they're interested in doing some experience like this? Absolutely. Uh, website's probably super easy place, westtaylor.net. Mm-hmm. So my name is West, like the direction, W-E-S-T, mm-hmm. and then Taylor. Uh, you can find on Facebook at Wild West Mustang Ranch. That's where we kind of have all, a lot of the horse stuff and what we're talking about there. So, and then Instagram, uh, Wild West Mustang Ranch. Awesome. That's just jump on there and kind of see what we're up to and going on. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk and do more with, with whomever's ready to, to take the next step. Well, well, we'll for sure be coming back down because this is one of the, uh, one of the weird experiences where it's like, oh man, I know some people that need to feel this because mm-hmm. yeah. it's very bizarre. And that if one thing, like if I experience something and it's weird enough, yeah, I like to make my friends do it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. oh, so thank you so much for your hospitality and, and you know being patient with us because we are not horse people and we don't. <laughs> Dude, it, it, it actually went faster because mm-hmm. you weren't. And I'm serious. It went faster because we were slow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You didn't. You didn't. You guys didn't get in your way because yeah. you didn't have any knowledge there. You didn't have the experiences to to get no in preconception. Way. So you just went with it. Yeah. You guys just went with it, and it was it was beautiful. It was. It or was I would say, in Michael's case, the ability to shock expectations when you when realize that they're that, no, but when you realize that they were absolutely false. Yeah. Yeah. But I think. The, the natural human tendency is to cling to the expectation and try and force it to make become it be real. truth. Yeah, yeah, make to make it real. Yeah. So being able to let go, not a bad thing. No, it was, it was definitely a good experience, and it was a, a highlight for sure. Like, it, there's stuff that happened on that trip that I think, like, it'll follow us forever because there's just so many little lessons there to apply. And if like that's something that you can't normally purchase, like you can't go out and get that. You can't even plan to get that because I think if it was a lesson and you plan to get it, you would have already learned it. Yeah, if somebody was to ask me what what would I experience or what would I learn on this trip, I'd have to say, well, we'll talk when you're done and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the only way to know. Yeah. I, yeah. You're going to bring your experiences and your history and yeah. bring all of that to the table or to this experience. We'll see at the end because yeah. that's the only way to know. <laughs> wow. Well, that was really cool. So thank you, Cammie. Thank you, Wes. Thanks, Josh, yeah. for yeah. joining us on this one. Of course. Thanks for letting me uh, be a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Till next time. <laughs>